Hello, and welcome to the Brookwood Ministries podcast. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches us a pathway to peace. Let's join the pastors of Brookwood Care Ministries as we explore eight principles of growth in this care podcast series on the journey of healing. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Care Ministries podcast here at Brookwood Church. My name is Josh Masters. I'm one of the associate care pastors, and I'm here with two other fine gentlemen. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves? I'm Doug Wildman, and I am the marriage and counseling pastor. And I'm Gene Beckner, and I'm the care pastor here at Brookwood. It's great to have you guys back. Good to be here. So we are, as you heard in the opening, we are starting a brand new series on the Care Ministries podcast called The Journey of Healing. And what we're going to be looking at over the next eight or ten weeks is um, the steps to take in healing and growing. And that's one of the key things that we want to convey, right? That really the key to healing, whether it's emotionally uh, or spiritually, is spiritually growing. Uh, It's about discipleship and growing in our relationship with Christ. Now, one of the methods that we use, one of the tools that we have here at Brookwood Church that we use is Celebrate Recovery. Now, some of you, when you hear the term celebrate recovery, you're already reaching to shut off the podcast because you're saying that doesn't apply to me. But I want to encourage you don't do that because one, we want you to listen to the podcast and two, (laughs) it does apply to you. A lot of people think that celebrate recovery is just for drugs and alcohol and we do help with that. But actually two thirds of the people who come to celebrate recovery or the landing for teens are there for something other than chemical addiction. So we use this tool called the eight principles, and they're just a tool, but they're very powerful because they're based on the words of Christ. They're based on the words of Christ in the Sermon on the Mount, specifically a section that we call the Beatitudes. So what we do is we look at what Christ says and then use that as a method to grow in our relationship with him, which is what unveils the healing. So in Celebrate Recovery, we use eight principles that are successive and based on the words of Christ. And because of that, they're good for everything, whatever is bothering you, whatever you're struggling with, if it's anger, anxiety, depression, relationship issues, any of the reasons that you might come to Care Ministries, these eight principles can be used uh, to build up your relationship with Christ and help you heal. So what we thought is we'd go through them one by one and look at them, not necessarily in the context of Celebrate Recovery, although we'll certainly address that, but in how do we use these things that Christ have said in order to heal. So the first one that we're going to look at starting today uh, comes from Matthew 5, 3, and it says, happy are those who know that they are spiritually poor, or as the NLT says it, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, mm-hmm. right? And so the principle that's stated is principle one, realize I'm not God, admit that I'm powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing, and that my life is unmanageable. Now, we may think that that's uh, obvious. Obviously, I'm not God. But the way that we live our lives sometimes indicates that we do think that we're God, right? We may say logically that we are not God, but that's not how we act. 
And we may say, well, obviously I'm powerless over some of my circumstances, but we're constantly trying to take control of those circumstances. We may say, well, my life's not truly unmanageable, but really we haven't recognized that everything is out of our control, and so we can't manage it. So we want to take a look uh, at what that means. And so healing comes through spiritual growth. So if the first step is to realize that I'm not God, there's a problem right from the get-go, because how do you realize something? How do you make yourself realize something that you haven't realized yet, right? So that's a step that now is impossible for us to take, the first step being realizing I'm not God, admitting that I'm powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing, and that my life is unmanageable. So when it comes to that idea of making ourselves realize something, uh, we're incapable of doing that. And Gene, you had some thoughts on what that means when it comes to us partnering with God in our healing, right? You know, a lot of people have this thought of either God is way up there away from me and he's kind of left me here to my own demise and he doesn't care, or he's going to do everything anyway, so why do I need to try? I just, you know, Either he's a good God or he's an evil God, and I'm just kind of at his, you know, mercy. Right. If he's having a good day, that's great. If he's having a bad day, then, you know, I'm in trouble. And so in Philippians 2.13, says something interesting. It says, God is working in you. And the reason that he's working in you is because he wants to give you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. You know, we... And we can cross-reference that with Romans 12, 2, which we talk a lot about, which is this idea of being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, the whole purpose of being renewed in your mind is so that you'll know God's perfect will for you. And so in Philippians, what we're hearing is God's going, I desire to do a work in you. I'm doing a work in you. But are you partnering with me? Are you allowing yourself uh, to listen? Are you, are, are you putting yourself, I say that a lot, are you putting yourself in a position to receive? And a lot of people will think that means I've got to do something. Right. Mm-hmm. And yes, I think there is a component of, uh, of us partnering with God. But like this says, how am I going to partner with someone if I'm not realizing that I'm the one that really needs the help. Right. You know, I think a lot of times that's hard, especially for men, because we are judged a lot of times, especially professionally or vocationally, with how competent we are. Mm -hmm. And so now here we come, we're coming to God in total dependence. We're coming to God going, okay, none of this is going to happen without you working in me. So if you're out there listening to this and you're saying, okay, What's my first step? Well, ask God to give you that realization. You know, ask God, and this is, this could get very confusing, but the very fact that you care means Philippians 2.12 is happening. That means he has already started working in you. Exactly. And so he's going to give you the power and the desire to do what pleases him. So that's a great prayer to say, what do you want me to be aware of? And I think in a lot of cases, it's the realization that, I can't do this without you. 
And, you know, there's plenty of Scripture where Jesus says the same thing, Mm -hmm. that he doesn't say or do anything without the Father telling him. And so if we're being made into his image, that's a great humble place to start is, okay, the realization that unless God is in charge of this, it's not it's not going to go well. Right. And that's a great point that you made about when Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing. Right. And that's where the powerless comes in. Like, yes. it's not my power. Right. Like, I don't get, I don't have enough power to make things happen. Right. So I have to accept that before I have the ability to listen to God and let him uh, tell me what I need to know, right? So what you're saying is that when we say you have to realize I'm not God, you have to be willing to listen when God is revealing that to you. Yes. Because it has to be revealed by God. And that's exactly right. It has to be revealed. And so even if you sense a desire in you to read the Bible or, uh, you know, as we talked about in the Revolution series, you you feel this need to, um, you know, do better in your nutrition or in your exercising or in your spiritual walk or emotionally or, you know, you want your marriage to be better. The very fact that you have that desire is it's coming from him. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a lot of times I talk uh, to people about their spiritual gifts and we talk about the place class that we offer here. You know, once you recognize what your spiritual gifts are, which is a great thing, you got to realize he gave you that gift. So the fact that a Christian is arrogant about their gift really flies in the face of this, this idea of realizing I'm not God to go, hey, that was a gift that was given to me. Right. I, I couldn't do that on my own, you know. Um, like, for instance, one of my spiritual gifts is, is uh, teaching. Well, if I arrogantly think it's because of who my parents were or because I went to school and got a degree in it, then I'm completely missing the fact that I'm not God. But once I got to a place where I said, wow, because, you know, I taught middle school mm. for a long time and I taught high school, realizing I can't do this without you mm-hmm. is actually a great step. He says in our weakness, he becomes strong. Right. And so, you know, one last thing I like to say is, even if you don't believe that your life is unmanageable, the fact that it's somewhat manageable is his grace. Right. You know, not because I'm such a great whatever. And and maybe maybe you do have things, maybe all those plates that you're spinning is working right now. But it may not be that way forever. And so when those plates come crashing down, and they all have in everyone's life at one point or another the best response to have is what we're talking about today is to go, God, I'm, I'm not you. Right. And so if I'm willing to partner with you, what would you have me do? Cause I know what your word says you're going to do. What would you have me do? And then like you said a minute ago, you start listening. I love that analogy of the spinning plates because everybody can be applauding and it can feel like you're doing great, yeah. Yeah. but you are spinning plates yeah. and that is not sustainable. No. Like eventually they have to fall. That's such a great analogy. Now, Doug, you uh, are our marriage pastor here at Brookwood. Yes. Uh, but you also have a lot of examples 
and um, experience, I should say, with people who struggle with anxiety and depression and stuff in your own life as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so I know you come at it from a unique perspective because of that. So how important is it for you to come to the end of yourself? And Gene touched on this a little bit, but how much... How important is it if you want to heal and if you want to move forward with anxiety, depression, or even with your marriage, is it to come to the end of yourself and recognize that you can oh, do it? Man, it is central. I mean, I can I can speak from my own personal experience with uh, PTSD after a mm. very severe accident. And um, I was at a point in my life where, I mean, I was so... Um, overwhelmed with everything that I can remember getting into the getting into the car in the middle of the night and driving down this this grid road which is like a like a gravel road dust flying everywhere hoping that I would lose control of the vehicle I mean I was putting the pedal to the metal and being like okay god I just I don't want to be here anymore I want to die and I can remember this still small voice kind of saying now you're on to something um, and it was through that experience, I mean, I had scripture in my mind that I could quote. Um, I, I had all of the answers at that time, or so I thought. Um, but it was in coming to the end of myself that I began a journey of, of healing. Um, and that is, uh, I don't know if you've ever noticed this before or not, but when you, um, sometimes the harder that you try, the further away from the real healing you receive, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to muster up all of this strength to be able to, you know, do the right thing or to beat this temptation or whatever it is. And it just, the harder you try, the harder it is. It's kind of like if you've ever been to like the flea market or something and you come across those, uh, what do they call them? Uh, Chinese finger locks. Uh, the finger traps. F finger trap. Yeah. yeah. You stick your fingers in the end and then you try to pull them out. And the harder that you try to pull them out, the more they clamp down. Mm, and right. that, that is exactly what this is talking about here. Um, I have found that, you know, if you're, if you're looking at just trying harder, it's not going to be enough. That's why we need to recognize that we are powerless uh, to control any of these uh, uh, temptations or whatever it might be. Um, we are powerless to do it on our own. Um, there's a, a a verse or a passage that I love to read uh, to the people that I talk to, and it's that uh, it's the one that's in uh, Luke chapter 18, verses uh, 9 through 14. And I'll just kind of summarize it here. But Jesus said, there was a Pharisee and there was a tax collector that were in the temple praying. And the uh, the the tax collector said, God, I am not worthy to have you listen to my prayer. So he was at the end of himself. And then there was the Pharisee, and he said, God, thank you that I am not like that tax collector over mm -hmm. there. And Jesus said, as an object lesson, he said, now, which of those two men went away justified that day? And it was sort of insinuated that, well, yeah, it was the tax collector. It was, it was the guy who recognized that he... Um, he didn't have anything to offer to God. Um, he couldn't say, you know what? I'm really a great guy. All that he could <laughs> do is just say, God, help me, have mercy on me. Right. Um, so that's the difference, I think, between religion and 
relationship. Um, God wants us to approach him as people who are in need. Um, and that's the first step, whether we're talking about marriage, anxiety, depression, any other kind of thing you might uh, you might be up against. Yeah. And to put it back into the Celebrate Recovery vernacular, that's about being in denial, right? Mm-hmm. The Pharisee yes. in that story was in denial. He thought he had it all together. Exactly. He thought that he had it right. But it was the tax collector who recognized he didn't have it together. His life was unmanageable. He was powerless to overcome his sin that was in a better spiritual place. Exactly. And that's interesting, too, because the verse that we started with, which is, God blesses those who are spiritually poor. A lot of people are like, what does that mean? You know, mm. and and the Greek word that's used there is almost um, like a sense of desperation, of begging, mm. like a recognition that I'm so poor that I'm begging and desperate, and that's what we want. That's the first step in being strong, right? That's the that's the great paradox. Yes. The the first step in being strong is recognizing that you are completely weak, right? Yes. And that you need to be desperate for what God can do in your life recognizing that you can't do anything to make yourself stronger. Exactly. Galatians 2.20 says it perfectly. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives within me. So it's Christ's life living in this mortal body. And that only comes through a recognition that we cannot do it on our own. Yeah. It's his power at work within us. Right. And and what I like about you know, us starting with this is, you know, and again, having a counseling background, um, there's, you know, if you go to any bookstore, there's, there's, you know, hundreds of books on self-help and self-improvement, you know, and this is really making the wisdom of the world look foolish because this is saying, no, it's not about improving yourself. Right. It's about realizing that you're not God and that God is the one who has to do the work in you. And so, you know, the the type A personalities and the people like the get-goers, you know, the go-getters, excuse me, uh, this may be difficult for some people to stop and to really chew on this for a second and go, okay, wait a minute. Realizing that I'm not God and I'm spiritually poor, mm-hmm. that that's that could be challenging for someone who thinks they have it all together. Like yeah. you talked about denial, but that's what you know. God wants to break those walls down. He wants those things to crumble so that we're not depending on anything other than Him. Right. Well, the hardest people, or or, or the people that this is the hardest for, is exactly what you're saying. The people right. who by the world standards, kind of have it together. It's the same as the biblical example that Doug gave with the Pharisee. You know, the Pharisee on the outside had money, he had position, he had power, so he became incapable of seeing his need for God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and that's true in our culture just as much, if not more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we do want you to know that Celebrate Recovery meets every Thursday night here at Brookwood Church at 6.30 in our chapel. But also, if you if this is stirring something in you, give us a call. There's going to be a phone number at the end of this podcast for Care Ministries. We'd love to talk through whatever God is stirring in you. We will take steps with you. There's no judgment. If you have questions about what this means for you, 
give us a call or send us an email. The information's at the end of the podcast, and we would love to connect with you on any level and, and help you figure out what the next steps are for you. But aside from that, we want to thank you for listening, and let's, let's just close in prayer. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to be here. We thank you for those who are listening to this podcast, uh, and I just pray that you would help us to examine our hearts. Start with us that are in this room recording. Lord, we ask that you would give us the supernatural ability to recognize that we can't do it on our own, that we are powerless. And Lord, we pray that for the people who are out there who are just realizing that, maybe even in this moment, that you would encourage them, that you would strengthen them, that you would bring people in their path that can build them up. And if we can be part of that, Lord, we would be excited to do that. And so, Lord, we just pray for your encouragement and strength as we move forward. And we thank you in the name of Christ. Amen. 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 Thanks again for listening to the Care Ministries podcast from Brookwood Church. If you'd like more information about today's topic or you need support, you can call us at 864-688-8355. You can also learn more about Care Ministries by visiting www.brookwoodchurch.org care. And make sure to check out all of our upcoming events and support groups on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash brookwoodcare. We'd love to be an encouragement to you as we walk together in a healing relationship with Christ. Until next time, God bless.